all day, so I need to eat. So we are in our Advent series. <laughs> y'all pray for y'all's pastor, because I'm a mess. So we're in part three of a series called Always Remember Jesus. And we're doing this in celebration of Advent. Advent is a time when we are preparing and anticipating the birth of Jesus Christ. And yes, like he was born a long period of time ago, Pastor. I know, but we have to have those reminders in the midst of everything that we do that Jesus is the center of our relationship. Amen. So we we first talked about prophecy, and we looked at Jesus's birth, life, and death, and even his resurrection through the eyes of Isaiah and the, and the other prophets, and then. We moved on, if I remember this correctly, we moved on to the Bethlehem candle. That's the second candle. Where we talked about the journey of Mary and Joseph when they had to hop on a donkey in the middle of September in 85 degree weather in active labor to get to Bethlehem. So that way the prophets, the prophecy can be fulfilled. Y'all like, what? Yeah, I'll tell you about it later. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, so so it's like, you know, so so that way they can fulfill that part of prophecy where where the, where the seed of David, because remember, Jesus got it both ways, right? He got it, the, the line of Solomon was Joseph, and the line of Nathan was Mary. So either way, he was going to be in somebody's descendant of Mary, descendant of David. And then had to go to the city of David for him to be born. Now today is the shepherd's candle. And, and some people interpret it as the joy candle. That's why we was jumping around and partying up in here. If we had some musicians, we'd probably still be in the middle of praise and worship right now. But I want to talk to you today from three perspectives. The shepherds, the wise men, and the women. The shepherds, the wise men, and the women. And the title of this message is, Really? Them? Yep. Mm -hmm. Really? Them. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for gathering us together for such a time as this, for such a word as this. And Lord God, I pray that the words that come out of my mouth, not even be mine, but be yours and speak into the lives of those who are in this room. We come against anything that will try to block the move and the flow of the Holy Spirit and that block this message going forth. All technology will work in the name of Jesus and that there will be blessings and, and favor and growth from this word. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's talk about the namesake of, of this week, the shepherds. That's Luke 2, 8 through 20. Now, long scripture warning. These are, these are kind of stories. I'm going to fly through them. So Luke 2, 8 through, through 20 says this. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of, he of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, 
which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds, can I, Pastor Denise, can I break down the shepherds in the Bible? The shepherds, particularly in the New Testament, were seen as the outcasts. They had, and they had little to no value. Their job was to keep the sheep, shear the sheep, that's it. And they had to live in the outskirts of the city. So the first people besides Mary and Joseph to get the message that, hey, Jesus done shown up, were the people, the last possible people you would have thought of. Now, he couldn't come to a king, which we'll get to that in the second point. He couldn't come to the people in power because they would not have been able to receive the message. Remember, as we've been talking about in this series, that they expected days of Elijah Jesus, not Jesus, oh, what a wonderful child. They wanted someone who had military power and money and backing to remove them from their exilers because in, in the midst of all this stuff, they were under Roman exile. And when the people of God were under exile, that means somebody in somebody's generation done messed up. So the shepherds, the outcasts, the nerds, the unpopular kids, I'm a nerd, yeah, were brought the message. Hey, look, now picture this. You sitting on a hill, you got sheep money on business. And then a bright light comes and you see an angel. Now, an angel is not some dude with long hair with a good perm <laughs> with wings and a robe talking about, don't be afraid. If I saw that coming out the sky, I'd be moderately afraid. Let me tell you what an angel really looks like. Think of a fireball, right? With ribbons going around it. With eyes all around the ribbons and wings. And then, so you're sitting around your own business and this holy rave starts coming at you like, don't be afraid. <laughs> it literally, it literally, an angel looks like a holy rave. Like, and you're like, what? What? Like, okay, don't be afraid. I'm, I'm too late now. I got to tell you something. Okay, rave, what you got to tell me? The Messiah is here. For real? It wasn't as, oh my gosh. It, it was like, eh. no, they didn't. Did the story say they doubt it? Because remember, when the Bible was written, there, everything is in there intentionally, right? So it did not say they doubt it. They what? Believed. Put a pin on that. Let's talk about the wise man. Matthew 2. Because I'm building this something. It's going to be quick. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, so it might be different from what's on the screen. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Pause. What was, see, Bible trivia, on the cross, what was the thing that was put above Jesus' head? Not just thorns, but on the cross itself. What was the plaque that was put above his head? King of the Jews. 
foreshadowing. So I had an English nerd moment. <laughs> Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ, where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, that for thus is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. Remember the Isaiah scripture, For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, who had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. So we have the shepherds. We have, we have the, the holy rave coming to the sky saying, hey, the Messiah is here. For real? Then you have the wise men who went to the kings and said, hey. Your, your holy scriptures say that the Messiah is coming and we see the star in the sky that is telling us that it's coming. Now back to the point I made before but I couldn't talk about now. The angel could not have came to the people in power because the people in power were trying to hold on to what? Power. They wanted to hold on to control. So Herod wanted to hold on to control told them, let me know when he comes so, and then come on back. Find him, come on back, and so I may worship him. He lied through his, to, through his rich teeth. He, he did not want to worship him. He wanted to kill him. Mm. <laughs> so they followed the star, and what did they do? They didn't just sit there and go back. They what? They worshipped him. And then they presented him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's talk about the significance of that. That, that pretty much, they literally paid for his burial. Pastor Trey, am, am I talking right, Pastor Trey? They literally paid, paid for his burial. Uh-huh. The gold was the price paid to the rich man for the, for the tomb. And then the frankincense and the myrrh were designed to kind of season the body because they just threw you in the ground raw. So they seasoned the body and then they rolled him up and then they, they, they covered him in the shroud to make sure that, that, his, that his body would hold out a little while longer. Yes, it sure was. But spoiler alert, after this, they go, they go to Egypt. So the wise men, the foreigner. The foreigner. So he came to the outcast. I'm building up to something. He came to the outcast first. Then he came to the foreigner, to the Gentile, to the people outside of, of the Jewish custom to tell the people, hey, your king is here. But the people who needed the king refused to believe it. So the foreigner came and what? Worshipped him. Let's jump to the end of Matthew, Matthew 28. 
I'm building a something. Matthew 28, 1 through 10. So let's talk about the end of the story. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, Lazarus' sister, went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. Remember Holy Ravens. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead, dead men. They, they fell out. I ain't pastor. I think, I think they just fell out like, like the Holy Ghost hit them. Just bam, out. The angel told the women, don't be afraid. Rave floating, I'll be afraid too. Because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead. And indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then, Jesus met them and said, greetings. They came up to Colby's feet, and what did they do? They worshiped him. Then Jesus told them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. So the angel came to the outcast, the foreigner, and the women. The outcast, the foreigner, um, you see, and the women. In the modern church, this is what I was building to, that, that you know, we, we, we see in Christianity, particularly in America right now, people who, I'm going to use a, use a big old word, and I'm going to tell you what it means because you know I do that. We're seeing the hegemony, the people who have power showing what they can do. And, and they want to maintain a Christianity that ignores the outcast, the foreigner, and the woman. Anybody who does not fit in the hegemony, who does not fit in the majority, who makes them uncomfortable, they don't want to, they don't want to hear from them because they have an aspect of who God is. The shepherds didn't have access, so they couldn't go to the king. The wise men had access, went to the king. The king said, tell me where he is so I can go, go worship him, a.k.a. kill him. And the women could not go to the people in power because Jesus told them, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. But they didn't, they didn't catch the metaphor. He wasn't talking about the building. He was talking about himself. Those who had power and control were not, did not want to hear but those who needed hope took the word and ran with it. Pastor Cass, why, why are we going here today on, on Shepherd's Candle Sunday? The reason why we're going this direction on this particular Sunday is that you have to understand that God is using you to declare a message that people think you are unqualified and undeserving to give. That people look at your past, your present, and try to predict your future and saying, based on what I see, you don't deserve to give this message. But it comes to the, to the desperate people, people who have nothing to lose, who understand that, that when God moves, he, they believe. 
Jesus was not trying to sit down and have dinner with the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they wanted to what? Kill him. They, they, their hearts were hardened towards him. They did not want to believe what Jesus was preaching because it was causing them to be convicted because they had the responsibility to teach what Jesus was teaching, but they chose not to. Nobody blocked them. They had, they had power because the Romans didn't understand Jewish custom. So to keep the peace, they kept the Sanhedrin alive. The Romans could have easily said, oh, y'all about to be worshiping all these guys today. But, be, but they said, no, y'all keep their traditions. Y'all maintain the law because we got, we got other things we got to do. We got other issues we got to deal with and handle. They had the responsibility. The Pharisees put themselves in the seat of Moses. They had the responsibility to teach the people. But they chose not to because they wanted to maintain control. See, when you want to maintain control, you will do whatever it takes to block people from going higher. So God and then Jesus in his ministry, Jesus ministered to the outcast, the foreigner, and the woman. It's deep. That Jesus walked up on the lepers and said, hey, I know you got the skin-eating disease that if I touch you, you know, I'm gonna, my skin going to get ate too. But guess what? You're healed. Goes to the Samaritan woman. There's also a Roman centurion, right? There's a Roman centurion that I think his daughter was sick. And all Jesus did was send the word. And then we got Mary Magdalene, the woman with the issue. I got a list. And I'm going to tell y'all this as well, that there were women, even though there were the 12, the 12 disciples, the 12 bros, there were women that were with him who were heralding the good news, who were making sure that Jesus and them 12 men were taken care of. Can, can I move this to 2021? I told y'all this going to be a quick word. We have to stop disqualifying people from what they're called to do in God because they do not fit what we think it should be. Part of the reason why revival is being held back in the United States is that people want to maintain power and say it's revival. No, baby, God's calling you to step aside and speak life into those that you would least expect to have the platform. Those who have been praying in, in the corner, those who have been serving, who have been serving faithfully, but because they don't fit what the hegemony says, they can't minister. We have to begin to empower people to be like the shepherds, the wise men, and the women to declare the word of God. But we can't do it when our hand is closed. And I find it interesting that, that the reason why people flock to hear is because we understand what it is to be the outsider. to be the marginalized, to be the restricted. We get it. And rather than maintaining those systems and those ideologies, we are choosing to follow the example of Jesus Christ and allow you the opportunity 
and then teach you how to do it. To teach you how to declare the gospel, how to live a life that aligns with Jesus Christ. Rather than putting you back up in the closet in the corner and ignoring you until you become convenient. The angel spoke to those people because they were willing and they believed. God brings us here together week after week, month after month, year after year because we heard him and we believed. So as you grow and develop in your walk with God, I told y'all this going to be quick. As you grow and develop in your walk with God, there are people who will try to stop and discredit everything that you, well, you, your past says, you got all them, you got all them tattoos, how many husbands you want, how many, how many people you done married, look at your kids. You heard the word and you believed. And then you turned around and you ran and tell it, run told it. Don't let people disqualify you because of what they think you have to offer. You do what God told you to do. And you walk in that living hope. See, hope is what makes us go run and tell. Those shepherds, for the probably for the first time in their lives, actually had hope. They had joy. Those wise men came with anticipation to meet the Savior. And even though Herod sent them on a, on, on a scouting mission, they came and they did what they wanted to do, which was worship him. They, weren't trying, they didn't come to view him, they came to worship him. They came all that way from the east. Not for a social call, but to give honor to the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. And then the women ran and told the disciples. There's another telling of the stories where they told the disciples. The disciples are like, mm, did Jesus pop up? Then Thomas, let me see the wounds in your hands. Bam! <laughs> it is you. Okay. Because they had hope, they were able to be heralds of the gospel. So I'm preparing for 2022 as we're progressing, as we're growing, as we're doing things. People, really? Them? Really? Yep. Because they heard the word and they believed. Mm-hmm. Even for some of you as you're walking in your daily life, I know, I know some of y'all seeing this already. Man, you different. Man. Where, I've been I've been going to church. I've been in my word. I've been worshiping. I'm trying to live my live my best life for the Lord every single day. You know, uh, yes, I dealt with A, B, C, and D, but you know what? I believe I have hope that God is changing my heart. I have hope. I have sought. I I heard the word and I believed and I ran with it. You want to see something? Oh, you different. Yes, because I heard the word, believed it, and I ran with it. So your response, when they go, really? Just say, yeah. 
Amen. That's the word. What time is it? I told you I was going to be quick. <laughs> Let's give God praise for the word. 